And now another episode of Mind Escape with Michael and Maurice. Take it away, Michael. All right, folks, welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. Uh, we have episode number 66 today, uh, DMT versus Ayahuasca. Um, check us out at www.mikeandmauricemindescape.com, patreon.com slash mikeandmaurice. Um, today, this is a first for us. We've got, uh, not only do we have more than one guest, but we have three guests. So uh, what's going on, Paul, Sam, and uh, Dick? What's up? How you doing, guys? <clears throat> so, uh, Paul, why don't you start it off? Uh, why don't you give us a little background on your little recent trip to uh, South America and what you guys were up to? Uh, well, we didn't go to South America. Oh, I'm sorry. Hey! <laughs> it was, um, it was a, a retreat in the Western world, shall we say. Okay, okay. I'll tell you what. I just but, assume. Um, I just assumed. Yeah, you? yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, I found one um, in the UK, and um, nice. I, I I I found out through a guy, a lad on uh, Instagram, who'd been to the same retreat as me in the Amazon two years ago, Capitari retreats, and uh, and he posted a picture of a retreat he'd just done, and um, and I'm like, where's that, mate? That doesn't look like uh, the Amazon or anywhere around South America. It looked like, you know, somewhere in Europe. And then he said, I found a, a retreat in UK and I've just done it. And it was really professional and really, really good, powerful medicine. Um, and I thought, oh, that's interesting because um, I'm more likely to get people coming along doing uh, ceremonies with me if it's, um, if it's more accessible. And um, so I thought, well, I'll tap him up, ask a few questions about it. What's it like? Because um, we could compare it to the one we'd done in the, the Amazon, you see, because he'd done the same one as me, so I knew what, uh, where he was coming from. Right. And he said they were, they were tip-top. They knew what they were doing. The experience was amazing. Uh, and after going doing it, um, it certainly walks the walk. What an amazing place. They, they really know what they're doing. And the, the, the medicine was very, very powerful. Um. Um, so I tapped, um, I wanted to take some people. I knew uh, Sam was interested in uh, having a mooch. Uh, I know Dick fancied it as well. So I thought, well, let's see what they want to, see if they want to come along. And uh, so I just chucked them a line. They were interested. I gave them the contacts and then um, off we went. And it were, it all panned out like it was meant to be. It certainly was. I'm sure Dick and Sam will contest, uh, contest that. But uh yeah, it, it, it proved to me you don't you really don't have to be in the Amazon. You know, you're all this chatter about um, you know, you shouldn't be taking it, it's sacred, it should stay in the Amazon. Well, Lady Nature exists in every plant on earth and everything that lives. It's not just one place. That's just a it's just an hotbed, so to speak, isn't it? Yeah, that actually brings up a good point. You know, when you guys said you guys did that, my first thought was, Oh, they went to the amazon because that's mm -hmm. what you associate it with that's what yeah you know most people do but you're right i mean it's something that you can pretty much make anywhere i mean obviously it's illegal but uh people are doing it all over the world and uh yeah. the other thing is um you know it's 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 big becoming bigger and bigger and there is going to be people doing it you know in suburbia and even you know whether they're going camping they're doing something like that but uh it's all over the place now but uh dick um 
What was this your first uh, experience with ayahuasca? Yeah, this was my very <clears throat> first experience, and um, yeah, as, as Paul says, it was in the UK, and I saved a ton of money. There's no way I could afford to go to the Amazon. I'm not sure my wife would sign those release papers. So <laughs> yeah, for a four day retreat in the UK, you know, reasonably priced, excellent staff, excellent facilitators, absolutely great crowd. I mean, great setting. It was in a yurt, so it's like, it's like a big, big tent, you know, just absolutely. Like Paul said, everything came together. It was just perfect, brilliant. So uh, how did the weather cooperate for you guys? Were you guys able to, like, uh, you know, do your thing, like you said, out in nature? Yeah, it was uh, the sun cracked out every day. Every day forecast rain and sun came out instead. Three days, brilliant. Awesome, awesome. So, Sam, this is your first time on the show. Uh, was this your first ayahuasca uh, experience as well? Uh, no, I went to Peru about three years ago. Okay. Um, but I didn't really take it seriously at the time. You know, it was just something that kept popping up. It felt like it found me, definitely, because um, it just it just kept popping up. I was looking at traveling South America to start with, and then I'm just seeing ayahuasca retreats, ayahuasca retreats here and there and everywhere, and just went for it, And uh, but wasn't taking it seriously, didn't research it well enough i guess sort of winged it but it definitely opened the doors to spirituality and all the rest of it and the pineal gland and you know once once you're down that rabbit hole that's it and you know, there's no coming back then and uh yeah then met skullsy through the internet met um red dick's book next minute i'm, I'm with them guys in a in a retreat in, in the uk so yeah top top weekend were you uh did you go in? I mean, were you spiritual before, or were you kind of an atheist, or what was your um, well, I'd background? Say the, the first experience I had opened the doors to it. Definitely, like, yeah. Did a lot of work before I went there, you know, and I think right. that that is that is key to it as well. Well, well, you're sort of going to get out of it what you put in. You know what I mean? Right. Like anything in life. Did yeah. you have you have you smoked it before too, or is just that? I just smoking it, yeah. Um, didn't have a breakthrough experience. Things get weird pretty quick, don't they? And you hard to yeah. get them retakes in that they say you need. So, what was your main takeaway difference between the two? Like, what was your your take on it? You just think oh, I was in complete control on the ayahuasca, to be honest, and I think. Um, at first, it's that that sort of annoyed me a bit because I sort of wanted to be lost in it, you know, sort of get, be taken somewhere. But it was never the case. It was all I was very in the room, and I was just very in control. But it was like I say, that's where you've got to put the work in yourself to get what you want out of it. You know, it's not going to be handed on a. Gotcha, gotcha. So, one of the Paul, do you think? Um... What he was saying about the ayahuasca and you being a little bit more control, obviously you've used high doses of psilocybin before too. Do you think that it's something where ayahuasca is more similar to mushrooms where you can kind of touch back and forth with reality if you need to for a second and then jump back in? Or is it something where like, from what I understand, obviously I've never smoked DMT, but you take a three hits and you're blast off and there's just no coming back. You're in it. You know, we've talked about that before. So what's your yeah. take on that? I think, um, well, I don't know. 
with ayahuasca, normally you, you can, you know, if you if you breathe right and uh, you know you get your eyes open, you, you can pull yourself back into a room to an extent. But if you go right in, like I did on my first ceremony this time, the first one just I couldn't believe it. I broke some sort of a breakthrough record. I think I think it was like three minutes after the the drink was split into two here instead of just in one. You had the uh, Maui inhibitor and then the the tea. Yeah. Uh, by the time of the second drink, it's about 15, 20 minutes later. And then they said it'd be another 20 minutes, but it weren't. It were, uh, by the time I got back to my bed, it already started working. It was like fucking three minutes. But um, with DMT, yeah, you're lost. Again, uh, smoking it for five minutes or so, completely immersed in it. But um, for a solid two hours, I was completely gone. And I went very, very deep this time. You know what I mean? So there was no way I could come out of it. I just surrendered to it completely. Um. When I, when I finally made it to the bathroom, I got in there and it was just, <laughs> wow. It it was very powerful medicine, put it that way. And it took me completely by surprise. I thought I couldn't be surprised anymore, um, but they just, they, they had the way of me, put it that way. And uh, it was intense. It was that the first night was beyond intense. Um, and I just let it, I let it take me where it wanted to. And uh, it took me to some amazing places. They showed me what's in my garden, and it's pretty special, um, like we all have. But I was shown mine. You know what I mean? So everything came, everything that's been going on with me for the past three, three years, three and a half years. You know, like we spoke to on the other podcasts, it just all became clear, and uh, understand things a lot more now. Why, why, what's been going on with me, and whatnot, and that so. But, uh, but back to the question, yeah, it's more like uh, mushrooms, I'd say. Because, um, you know, like with mushrooms, you can change the music or, you know, like McKenna always said, start whistling or singing or anything, and it'll it'll change where your experience, what you're stuck at. Right. Ayahuasca's a bit more like that. Yeah, DMT, just wham, bam in there. But Ayahuasca, no, it'll... Uh... When the music changes, because there was a lot of music being played at this retreat, you know, with uh, instruments and all sorts, guitars, sitars and whatnot, and uh, Jewish instrument wind instruments and uh they were amazing and they just move you you, you flow through your experiences as, as the music's being played and uh it really does help you nice like uh, i say mckenna spoke about that with mushrooms if you're ever having a bad experience and you're stuck start whistling or singing or humming anything and the, the, the vibrations the music will get your experience moving yeah that's all we're doing right now anyways is just accepting vibrations which is influencing yeah, patterns it. and vibe yeah. and everything that's why they call you know everybody says vibe that's that's yeah, what it yeah. is um well, go ahead sorry on, on the third night you know i had a tiny little bit and um i was at a whole new experience again where I didn't, I didn't break through visually but i was at one with all the vibrations and the sound and all the energy in the room and uh i was just at one with all the energy i could I could feel it. I, I, I was it. And I was just... It was, uh, yeah, the three nights were very, very uh, spectacular, as far as I'm concerned. Um, even surprised me from what I've experienced before. Took it to another level. So, Dick, um, you've obviously, you know, you've written your book about it and your experiences. Um, but after smoking it that many times and then trying, um, ayahuasca, what, what was like the, the major difference for you and how does that change your perspective on it at all, if at all? 
don't think my perspective on what's at the heart of the DMT experience has changed, but for sure with ayahuasca, it, it's it's gentler. It's, I don't want to say mellower, but you can work with it more. You can navigate with it more. And I suspect in terms of personal development, you, you can get a lot more from ayahuasca. If you're asking me which is my preference, I think because I, I started smoking it, because I've, I've, I've experienced so much through smoking it, I think I still prefer that like roller coaster ride of, you know, wham, bam. I, I, I prefer that, but I would definitely do ayahuasca again. I, I, I would go tomorrow if I, if I could. I really would. It, it was amazing, really amazing. So that's an interesting point. So it's kind of what I was saying with the, you know, not being as potent, obviously, like I said, since I've never smoked it, I don't really understand the full power of this roller coaster. But, um, in terms of, uh, you know, all your experiences and everything, did you gain some sort of insight that wasn't maybe there when you smoked it? You know, like you said, you could work with it more. So did it actually, you know, were you able to, to have more like thought experiment stuff going on and um you know that kind of stuff like able to to ponder more on my second night yeah but but i went there with lots of questions and i asked the organizer everybody had a, a sort of an interview you know um individual interview with the organizer and i asked you know what do you think is happening is it like one entity that's going to interact with every individual or is it several entities acting with individuals or a couple of people or two. And I didn't really, I didn't feel I got a satisfactory answer. But after drinking my first two brews on the first night, I mean, I was very quickly, I, I could feel the entity, you know, it, it was upon me. It was kind of affixing itself into my physiology. And then for five hours, I was just writhing in ecstasy. I mean, it was just, Oh, it was beautiful, man. I just, I, I must have looked like I was making love to the mattress. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> you were. Oh, I, didn't, uh... I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't learn anything, but I tell you what, I was honestly writhing in ecstasy. So first night, five hours of that, it was beautiful. Second night, very, very different. And yeah, I mean, probably one of my best ever DMT experiences I was, as you say, able to do some work with, with thought experiments and I, I consciously took my mind to some very deep and dark depths and even when I'd gone there, I, I consciously took it even further and it's difficult to put into words and if I did, you'd think the guy's a nutcase. <laughs> but yeah, that, 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 that was one of the best experiences of my life. DMT, <laughs> oh, it was just incredible. Has the thought ran through your mind that, um, and I don't even know if this is something people have done or do, but um, maybe while you were there also smoking it, or is it just so intense while you're under it that even smoking it you wouldn't even register? You mean smoking it whilst on, being on ayahuasca? Yes. 
Uh, I mean, you know, I, I've I've smoked DMT while on a peaking on an acid trip, and I mean, yeah, I mean, it just takes it to another level, and yeah, you know, I think you'd only need like one little pull of of a pipe, and you'd just be identities on you. It's just going to take you to another whole another level, I'm sure. Yeah, because I wonder if the MAOI inhibitor that's in the ayahuasca would also increase the um, the potency if you did take a hit. So you wouldn't need to take three full hits. You could take one hit or whatever and, and blast mm -hmm. off from there. Mm, could be. Could be. But uh, see, It's not just all about visuals the way ayahuasca. Ayahuasca works at uh, every level. You know what I mean? It's, right, it's a spiritual right. thing. You know what I mean? It, Unless you're going to have a relationship with the DMT entities and, you know, do a ritual with them, that's what ayahuasca ceremonies are. You're invoking, you know, the uh, lady nature. She's in charge of the experience. Like she's in charge of the whole experience here. But uh, you, you really, you, you don't need to be smoking DMT if you're, if you're an ayahuasca. If, if, you're, if you're supposed to be getting the right vis visions and insights and whatnot, then they'll be given to you. Um, but yeah, I mean, if 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 you start disrespecting it, it doesn't work for you the same anyway. Do you know what I mean? I'm not talking about disrespecting no. it. Um, yeah, more, I don't mean disrespecting it. But I mean more I mean, like pushing the limits. You know, it. like Dick. You know, Dick did it what 600 times over a few years. You know, like that's pushing the limits as it is. So that's why I'm yeah. curious. Is it something that um, obviously you're used to it? So maybe there is another plateau. Like once you get comfortable with it, that there's some other higher level than that. You know. Again, sorry. No, I was just going to say, you know, I mean, despite all those experiences, despite, you know, three, three nights of ayahuasca, I still don't think I've scratched the surface of, of you know, the DMT mystery. I'm nowhere near, nowhere near. Gotcha. It, it's um, do, isn't it? You know, shedding skins, the more you do it, the more, you know, it's up to you how far you want to go. Some people just want to do it for personal development. Some people want to go further with it, you know, it's up to you. Yeah, well, I think that anyway, from my experience. Well, this is it, but what I'm saying. Sorry. No, it's all good. It's but, all but good. If you're dosing up, you don't need to dose up. Um, you can just, um, I mean, uh, again, uh, like in the Amazon, I, I took less dosage every night, and it, do it doesn't give you anything less, really. Do you know what I mean? You don't need to. I've, I mean, it, it worked with Sam on his on his third ceremony. Yeah, he had a, a double dose and that. But uh, you know, I find that uh, it, you just find that with, with each medicine, you find your right plateau. Yeah, and that, that's enough. Because after the experience I had the first night, it was so intense. I said to her, I, I went up to her, the lady. I said, I need, I need less tonight. It, <laughs> it was, uh, I was bombarded with entities, basically. Um. So yeah, that's interesting it, because you know like other things like psilocybin or you know if you ate three or four yeah. dried grams the next day you do the same thing it's not mm -hmm. going to have nearly the same effect you know yeah so obviously yeah. that's it's different in that way um maybe that has to do with the mao high inhibitor also um you know it's like a chemistry thing so like maybe once the other stuff like lighter psychedelics get into your system and they stay in there you know a little bit longer obviously this thing's all about purging and cleansing and everything like that so maybe yeah yeah run, runs it. through your system a little bit differently um so sam um why don't you talk about um 
like did this have any profound effect like uh, on your um mental state like coming out of this do you feel like a you know rejuvenated or some renewed sense or like what's your your takeaway from it yeah 100 percent. yeah um even people come up to me saying what, what have you been doing what why are you so different you know what i mean uh, they can feel it off me and I'm, I'm getting and this is what it all is it's all feeling you know we can't even put into words what these feelings really are until you're sort of in these states you know what i mean it's you just can't describe them in words um people are people are feeling that you know what i mean and I've, I've connected with people since I've been back on another level, even, you know, even my son, you know, the realization that he's here to teach me and, you know, it's just the sense of oneness is just overwhelming. You know, you can say all you want, we are one, but until you're in that environment, then you really get it. You really get it. We are one, you know, it's one consciousness that we're all, we're all part of. Yeah, for sure. Is there a, is there a feeling like, um, like you said, people see you, they can feel your vibe. It's, you know, obviously it's, it's elevated. It's, you know, people are feeling a different frequency, but, um, do you feel better? Like in general, like, do you feel like it did something to you? 100%. Yeah. I mean, the, the little stupid things you worry about are just, just so, you know, insignificant now, you know, the past is just, you know, you know I don't even go there anymore. You know what? It's just, it's just irrelevant. You know what I mean? It just right. the only thing you take from them is the lessons, you know what I mean? That's all you need to be taking. Mm. And uh, all these just all these realizations and like I say, things are just falling into place, it feels. Um I'm coming meeting the right people all the time, you know. People what go down this road and you know because at first for a while I was on my own with it, you know what I mean? But now but more people are getting open to it and you know, listening to what I've got to say and stuff, so it's cool. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think that's the interesting thing about this whole um, community and subject is that um, people do come come together and there is a sense of, you know, helping each other out. There's no, you know, foolery or bullshit or, you know, I'm sure there is some bullshit, but, you know, when it comes to, for the most part, compared to everyday society, I think it's a little bit different because these are intense uh, teachers that are pushing people in a, in a certain direction um do you think um paul do you think that uh did you have any breakthroughs with you know what you and i talk about sometimes and the more occult meaning type stuff like did you have any experiences with that or was it just more um laid back it was not laid back at all man it was fucking extremely intense the the experience i told you before about where i feel like i'm in in some sort of like school remembering the first night like i say um <clears throat> i couldn't believe how deep and how quickly i went deep it were they were just straight on me before even i was trying to crawl to the bathroom at one point you know because it, it hit me straight away before it even <laughs> like, settled down i'm gonna meditate for 10 minutes and it's it just hit me i'm like and started puking up purging straight away and i'm like wow and i even thought as i was purging it up that i'm gonna have to have another drink now because it's, there's no way that's gone down enough and then i started going through so i'm like oh i need to get bathroom then so i'm crawling on you know, my face that far off floor and then i and then another another gear kicks in you get up i found a facilitator the other side of the the yurt who took me through to the uh the bathroom and uh i just stayed in there for don't know how long just trying to get myself together, but then I knew we had to get back to the bed. So I got back to my bed, curled up in fetal position, the, you know, the trusted. And then away I went. 
uh, and I, it was the most amazing experience I've ever gone through and also the most traumatic at the same time because they crucified me as well. Um, they showed me what it's been all about on my, my journey of reawakening and everything. It was all, it all became clear. Um, why I've been told I'm a shaman and all this. And uh, it was very deep. I was shown again the people that are uh, pulling the strings in the world. I was shown all about them. I know, uh, I know a bit more about them now. And uh, and they're already uh, an insight was revealed to me. Was they're already packing up to leave, mate. They're already uh, they know they know they know it's over. Um, and it's just a matter of matter of time now. Um, again, it's not going to be advertised anywhere, is it? But uh, deep down, the the highest echelons of the elite, the elite families, they know that uh, it's time to start packing the bags and uh, making plans for um vacating the premises, you know what I mean? And again, I just I just met, I mean, I've met souls before. I met souls in the Amazon. I met my own soul. Uh, spent spent two nights with my soul this time, the first two nights. Um, and again, the what I perceive the souls of a uh, predominant people on the scene now. It was, it was, uh, it would be on nuts. I mean, I, I, I've got a very clear remembrance of it all this time. Um, all the interactions and the place where I was. Um, it's it's the door. What, uh, again, what Richard speaks about in his book, Spirit in the Sky. It's the door. That's where I go to. That's uh, It's in no uncertain terms. And I understand why I go there now as well. Um, again, I've been, I've, been, I've been in denial about all these experiences, experiences I've been having. You know, I'm like, I'm having delusions of grandeur here and all this and why, you know. But I found out why. A lot, a lot was revealed to me about what it's all about, um, and something very big is coming. Yeah, and I mean, it is coming soon, and uh, and it's going to be fucking amazing. But um, let me ask you a we, question: we, we, We've seen a lot of chaos now. You know, we're still in a state of chaos, like we have been for a long time, aren't we? But you know, we know what comes from chaos. Let me ask you a question: um, Everything you said. Um... You know, obviously we've talked about before, but the the one point I want to ask you, and this has been coming more to the forefront. There's a lot more people talking about this. Do you think it's in? In I'm open to anything, but some people are saying that these entities or this realm is a projection of our subconscious or um, some other level within ourselves. Um, do you believe that or do you believe all this stuff is external? Obviously, you, you have some experience with this and you've thought about this kind of stuff before. So do you think, you know, you're talking about the duot, you know, some people say Halls of Amenti or the Hall of Record. You know, there's all these different little realms. Netiquette. I mean, that's where another, so another Netiquette is another name for uh, the duot. Uh, and that's where the word right. nature comes from, Netia. Um, it's... It's the, it's the, the, uh, the realm of natural energy. You know, we're all nature... You know, but I mean, if you look at all the ancient texts from different cultures and civilizations, they've the, all the spiritual elders have said what happens in the spirit world follows on here, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and from what I saw two years ago, then I, and I saw things happen, and um, I was showing a lot more things happening this time. Well, I mean, I, I'm no again, I can't explain where it is and everything, I just know what I'm experiencing is real, and it's even more real than this. Um, right, and 
what I've realized is this isn't the outside and that's like the inside. That's the outside. We're inside here. Do you know what I mean? We're inside this experience. That's the outside. Right. Because if you're inside something, you're restricted. Yeah, we're restri- restri- there's all sorts of restrictions in this experience, isn't there? There, there's not. That's the outside. That's where we're free. We come here, you know, to not be free and to learn. Um, learn about control and, you know, learn about our dark sides, our dark natures, which we've all got, but we suppress it because, you know, we're all directed to look at all the, the good, light, shiny things when we, we should be looking at both. Um but that is actually the outside, and this is the this is an inside. You know what I mean? It's again, ah, uh, you can't explain it in words, really. You, it's it's the experience you've had through. It's 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 a feeling experience as much as anything. I mean, I, I do get I had some amazing visuals. Like I say, I was but I was bombarded by these beings, which are you know they they're angels. I mean, they don't look like angels, but they are. You, you know that you're in the presence of divine authority, right? And um. It's like like I told you last year, a fellow drinker in Amazon said he saw me communicating with angels. Well, I weren't, I weren't communicating with them this time, mate. I was fucking raving with them, mate. It was a fucking... I felt like I were there for two years as well. When I came back round, I, like, I thought at the end of the ceremony, he said, no, no, it's halfway point. Can I have another drink now? And I went, another fucking drink, mate. I'm fucking done. <laughs> it was it was intense. They put, they, put, they, had, they threw me a big ceremony there. It was like a, an initiation. Are becoming, and then they crucified me, and um, I had to endure make my father die in the most excruciating death possible. I had to, I was there holding him. It was, and I, and I felt, I felt all the pains and and trauma. So it was like a religious experiment, almost. Like what? What are you saying? Like no, you, it's not religious. I mean, well, what is religion to me? I mean, I don't even. No, know no, I don't mean that. But I mean, like you say, crucified. Do you mean in the sense that, like, yeah, Jesus well, yeah, it's just a figure of speech, isn't it, mate? It means okay. they put me on the, you know what I mean? They put me on the rack. I just wanted to uh, clarify that. That's why I was asking. Yeah, sorry, mate. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they brought me, basically. I was... Uh, I was like, you know... and But, but, I, but my dad, my father died, uh, you know, and actually, you know, full of suffering, and it was all the suffering of the, uh, the, the bloodline and everything, you know, the ancestors. Uh, but, uh, but he died in my arms, and then I... I um, passed over with him to the realm of the souls. And then birthed him into his new experience. And then he were all, all the uh, understanding came to him then. And then it was like, uh, again, it was a massive, massive, overwhelming release of emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bet. Uh, and then, so then I'll, then, I'll, then I'll, and then I came round and I'm laying there for the rest of the night and I've just been shown the biggest revelation. I don't, I don't think it can ever be beaten, to be honest, which that'll come out in good in due course. But uh, blown away with the... Uh, the enormity of the revelation I've been hit with. And then, but then I just experienced my dad dying. Uh, I mean, I can, you know, it's our one thing your parents dying, but it's the suffering that he went through. It was, uh, it was horrendous, you know, and I'm sure people go through it all the time, but they, I think it was showing me my biggest fear because as a child, I always fear my parents dying in pain. So it was like, I don't know, it was like a clearing of things, I suppose. Maybe they put me through my biggest fear. But I woke up and I'm like, and I was just telling them to leave me now, I'm done. And then I came around and I spent the rest of the night wondering, have I just remotely seen my father's death for me? Have I just experienced it? Or is it just uh, is it just something that's uh, part of my development? And as I, as I started coming around into the, you know, I didn't really sleep that night, I didn't, need, I didn't sleep all week, but uh, 
I started realising, no, no, it was a less. I didn't even give him a call the next day. I just called my wife and she'd have told me if anything had happened. You know what I mean? But it was that real. It was the feeling and everything. It was it was beyond intense. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. It was like, like, yeah, it was... It was it was wow, man. But the revelation that I was with as well was uh, it was it was it was fucking biblical, basically. <laughs> but I'm still processing that and just trying to get my feet grounded firmly onto the earth before I move ahead with that. But things are going to be changing without a doubt in my uh, in my little world. Nice, um, Dick. So, uh, what are your thoughts on that? I'm sure you've seen stuff about that too. The uh, subconscious. Uh, projecting these entities or something in your brain projecting these entities. I know, um, you know, part of uh, R.N. Voot's book talks about the brain and the different uh, parts of the brain that are correlated to different gods and religions and stuff like that, too. Um, but what are your thoughts? Like, do you, do you think that or do you think that this is all external as well? Uh, it's, I mean, it's such a, a good and expansive question. And I'm tempted to suggest that. Could it not be both? Could it not be that these entities, and I think Paul's right, that they certainly seem to have divine authority, divine or semi-divine. Could it not be that the, these entities have been responsible over countless aeons for, for moulding our minds, you know, and, 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 yes. and therefore they're part of our subconscious and yet also external because, you know, my I'm convinced based mm. on my research that these entities are indeed autonomous, you know, in individuals like there are individual humans. But it does seem that they are, I mean, they just know our psyche and our physiology. So I would have to mm -hmm. suggest that they have had some part in shaping us over countless, countless aeons. So I'm, I'm going to take a stab at, I think it's both. I'm, I'm hedging my bets there. You know, they've shaped our subconscious and they remain external. But, you know, I know I'm not qualified to really have any serious opinion on this from a philosophical point of view. But, yeah, that's that's my pitch on it today. Yeah, I mean, but I, I, and here's the thing. And I think people, if you're tapped into these things, like you're tuned in and you're familiar with these substances, I think you do. um have the ability to convey these messages or talk about it at least. And, um, you know, from somebody like me who's done other things, but not this exact thing. Um, I have an idea of what, what changing your consciousness or being in a different state, you know, is so I can sympathize with your guys' experiences. I might not know what it's like, but I, I have a, I can tell by the way you guys talk about it, that, you know, the intensity, the, the emotion, you know, the, the experience behind it. So, um, while I do think that, uh, like I said, your whole, um, you know, thought process that you're not qualified, I think you are qualified and I think you've done it enough that, you know, if somebody was really interested in this from a medical point of view or like a philosophical, you know, point of view, going to people that have done it enough times is probably the best policy to get answers, you know? Um, you know, the other thing, too, is, you know, I, I'm sure you guys are familiar with, uh, I think one of you turned me on to him, but the Andrew Gallimore, um, and they're trying to come up with this technology to put somebody within the DMT realm for, you know, an hour or something ridiculous like that uh, intravenously. Um, do you think that that's sustainable for the human psyche or do you think that's overkill? 
Is that with the extended state DMT um, projects? Yeah. Yep. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm really lucky. I've, 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 I, I'm, I'm friends with one of the participants, and I think you'd probably rather not say who it is, but I mean that. That is, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, to begin with, I was like, if I was asked, would I want to do it, or would I rather go up in um, a skyrocket, you know, in space? And I think I, I, I said I'd rather go up in a skyrocket space. I think it'd be less scary. I think the extended state DMT that that is that really takes some some kahunas to be honest. To, to do that. <laughs> I don't know. I, oh, it's like it's all too easy to say. Yeah, sign me up. Da, 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 da. But I suppose it's like you know with the with the training for astronauts. You know they they got to choose the right people, and I'm sure you know. I believe from speaking to my friend that they, they go through a, a lot of training, a lot of you know psychological profiling, and I think that that's. You know, it, it, it's it's got to be done. You know, you got to be a real hero to be signing up for that, and you you've really got to be, I don't know, made made us some something solid. And I I don't know whether I would or I wouldn't. Uh, I think it's, I don't know if it's going to go ahead. To be honest, I mean, I'd like to think it will be, but I think the the ethical considerations and maybe the legal considerations. I don't know if they've all been ironed out. I'd like to see it go ahead, but I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I know uh, Graham Hancock was talking about it when he was just on Joe Rogan last week um, about that and how I think it's going to be at Imperial College. Um, I think they've got the go-ahead. I just don't know if the technology's set up yet for the extended release was the whole thing. Um, but uh, Sam, what are your thoughts on on that? Um, having done these ayahuasca ceremonies and, and everything, do you think that... Uh, that that's well, in t like a little too intense or do you think that's something that you know you could pull off well i think anyone <laughs> else whatever the fuck they want really to be honest but it's, right. uh, it's too much for me that yeah i mean i've only surfed the edges of the, the the dmc realm through smoking it you know what i mean um yeah not for me that no but fair play to anyone who goes there did when you when you when you started <laughs> doing this stuff did you try and um uh push the boundaries in terms of like maybe an extra hit or a little bit more like and and in, in, like i said i'm not talking about like disrespecting these these tools i'm talking about um you know we all want to know where we come from where we're going we want answers you know so i think sometimes uh i know when i've dabbled in the past it's always like if i'm going to do this i'm going to do this and i want to know kind of what i can get out of this or what's going on in terms of and maybe that's a little bit um you know intense but that's kind of how i approach it but like what, what was your uh philosophy behind that have you always kind of pushed the boundaries or is it just something you want to you know dip your toe into and see what you know to go from there i've always had a bit of an addictive personality you know with other substances other substances sorry um but no this is after reading up you know the people's experiences you like you, you have to take a step back with this stuff and just make sure it is for you you know what i mean because it isn't for everyone right but, uh, right but if you really do want to find this stuff out, this is where you've got to go. You know what I mean? So it's you've got to weigh it up. You know, it's it's not recreational at all, is it? It's find deep meanings to big things. Yeah, I mean, I, I uh, you know, for me, it's like I've always said, I've never done it, but if it found its way to me sometime in the future, you know, that's you know, I'd consider it. I'm not against doing it. Um, 
but I've done a lot of this stuff when I was younger. Like I said, push the boundaries, mixed this and that, and tried to do this and that. And, um, you know, I've definitely gone to some places that's for sure. Uh, but it, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it is your mind and you don't want to take too many chances too. with the, You know, it's, you got to find that balance where it's like pushing the limits, but not going so overboard where you're, you know, well, out of your awesome. mind after, you know. The ayahuasca though, it was it was it was safe. It was the safe I've had more intense LSD trips than that. You know what I mean? I was I was I knew I was in good hands. It's uh so it's, I don't know, like uh, it's nothing to be fearful of, no, you know what I mean? It's not, not right. Because when you're in that, you, you know you're getting looked after, man. You know you're in the right place, it just feels right. So uh yeah, I don't wanna don't wanna make anyone scared to do the, the ayahuasca at all. But the DMT is a bit different for me personally. I mean it's more intense. With the ayahuasca you can you can play with that stuff, man. I think it's it can be really beneficial for a lot of people. Do you think the the people, you, like you said, you know you're in good hands. Um, do you think that, that that's very helpful in, in that regard? Meaning like, you know, most people when they do mushrooms, they might do it with a couple friends, but there's usually not some sober person or somebody, you know, watching out for things. And I assume, you know, at the ceremony, everybody's kind of in it a little bit, but maybe there's some people that are more, uh, with it to help out and stuff like that. Do you think that that plays into the mindset, or do you think that it's just not as intense and therefore um, doesn't require the you know the extra help? Well, yeah, just the, the fact that you've got people there, you know, it puts you at ease on it straight away. Yeah, um, you know, if you if 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 the right environment is, you know, it's, it's all part of it, isn't it? It needs to be in the right environment. It needs to be in the right mindset to start with as well. You know what I mean? It's yeah, set and setting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, Paul, um, when you, you know, you had this ceremony, you've, like you've said, you've been to South America. Um, what do you think the, the main differences was and, and did it matter, you know, between the one you did and, you know, uh, Europe and the one you did in South America? Not at all, mate. I was I was very curious about that. You know, I was wondering if it, the uh, the relationship with the medicine, you know, was going to be any different from not being in the Amazon. You know what I mean? Because the energy of, of the Amazon, you can feel when you get there. Anywhere, it's just it's 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 humming. You know, with life, it, you know, we, we know that. But I mean, you can feel it. I mean, I'm not very good at meditating, but there, it was a lot easier. Um, and I thought, is it going to be different? You know, and. And it, it wasn't. It was an amazing, like you like to say, set and setting is 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 massive. It's key. Uh, it was a really welcoming place. There was seventeen of us drinking all in total. Six facilitators who all knew knew you know plenty about you know what they were doing. They'd done it countless times. You could tell, and uh, second nature to them. And they were just. It was just a real good group of people, beautiful people inside and out. I, I didn't feel one single bad vibe all the three days. Not a t not one single anything. It was just it just flawed. It was smooth. A lot of people opening each other's minds in between the ceremonies and talking and helping each other's heal. A lot of people shed, shedding traumas like you always get at these ayahuasca uh, ceremonies because it's the ultimate medicine for physical and mental trauma. It really is. It's the medicine. Um. It, but comparably, I thought it was it was I, I was blown away by how amazing it was. I mean, what the musical instruments as well, and and you know, the shamanic 
uh, Icaro's are brilliant anyway. You know, I've been listening to him all month since I got home and find him on YouTube, different ones. They're just, they're just cool. They, they, they remind you of where you are and what you're doing, you know what I mean, when the Icaro's kick in. But this place, they had the, like I say, the sitar. I mean, I missed it the first night. I was that far out, far gone. I was so deep. I didn't, I was totally... I was out there, and when I came back round, I didn't, you know, everyone said, did you hear the sitar? I'm like, no, no, I didn't. What, they played the sitar? And uh, the next <laughs> night, I heard it then, and it was, it's amazing, mate, the sound, what it was doing. It was like, wow, I'm, I was just rocking with all this music, you know, for like, not the first night, but the, the, the last two nights I was, I was just with the, with the flow of the sounds, and it was a different side to it, because ayahuasca's not all about going right in, and like I say, you know, it's about having the feeling of it, and I wanted to experience the feel, the energy in the room, yeah? In a in this dimension, and that, uh, so I just had it, the right dose to do that. And uh, but yeah, without a doubt, if you don't really want to go to the Amazon, you, you, there's places popping up all over Europe as well. You know, I know people have been going to Amsterdam and that. You know, you've just got to go off word of mouth and get uh, recommendations. I, I, I don't recommend going blind to somewhere like that or anywhere to be honest. But uh, find out of people who've done it, get good recommendations, uh, and that's the way to do it. Yeah, yeah sure. they uh, need like a uh, Angie's list for this kind of stuff. Yeah, well, it'll pop that, mate. That's Jammy's it. list. <laughs> it is. It's going to change. It is because it's it's the medicine. It's the ancient. Uh, it's magic, man. It's the uh, magic's the oldest uh, religion there is, and it's coming back. And ayahuasca is a fundamental part of that. Um, everybody knows it. Everyone knows it, mate. Behind the scenes, underneath it all, all these yeah. celebrities, all these experts, you know. You know, the, it, you've got to experience it, basically, um, if you really want to try and begin to understand it. Otherwise, you know, we can just listen to people like me. Who do, I haven't got the vocabulary for it. Vocabulary, you know what I mean? But, uh, <laughs> right. I can't even say that right. But uh, but I understand the feelings of it, mate. Oh, yeah. And we are creatures of feeling, you know. Um, this is where it all comes from. And that's, you know, the oldest language in existence. We're going back to the language of feeling. You know, we want needs because uh, when you take away that, you can't bullshit people anymore, you know? Right. We only have truth. Um, But, yeah, it, it really, yeah, back to the question, like, you know, I always wander off. It really, really blew my mind how, uh, how comfortable I felt from the off, really, you know, in a, in, a, in a sacred space, and the energies were just amazing. And um, I had a real show put on for me, put it that way. Awesome. I mean, it sounds like you guys had a good time. That's for sure. Hey, um, we, 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 we was all in the same corner as well. But when we got there, you know, like, you had our <laughs> names in front of your bed. You had to put yeah. us three together in the corner near the fire, which we, they had like a big uh, uh, log fire inside, like a stove fire. Right. And uh, it was really cozy, mate. And it was just, they went round with this, these incenses, wafting it around and, and blowing it on you and sing, all all. All the facilitators played instruments and sang songs, and they, they had amazing voices, and they were really talented as well. It were like, whoa! It was, it was very, very groovy and really, really oh, well a nice set. Positive up. experience for you. Yes, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, frightening as well. It was frightening. My first night was fucking. It was traumatizing, but but straight away the next, the, the, as I'm coming around that night, I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm done. I'm done with it. But like by the time we got to the morning after a, a kick for about an hour, I'm like, you know, bring it on. That was all meant meant to be that, you know. I, I felt like I'd shed a shitload of skins and uh 
yeah. The next night, I was bombarded with with spirits again, but they were they weren't being intense with me. They were just grooving with me and meeting me and taking me places, showing me showing me other souls and stuff. I just it went on and on. The third night, like I say, I didn't go through. I just stayed in the room. Um. So, Dick. Um. After doing this ayahuasca, like you said, you want to try it again. You know, you liked it. It was a little bit more uh, mellow than smoking it, but you enjoyed it a lot. Um, has it inspired you at all? I mean, like how, you know, doing the other stuff inspired you to write your first book? Has it has this experience kind of rejuvenated that like as a um, creative person or, you know, what are your thoughts on that? I'm still trying to finish my second book and I've I've toyed with the idea of should I or should I not include this ayahuasca experience and I think I'm going to I think I'm minded to discount it from my second book. I, I don't I don't want to feel obliged to write up each and every experience and and because this was my first ever, you know, experience with ayahuasca. I just just want to say okay, well let's Let's like have that experience, those experiences. Let's park it. Let's have some more experiences, and then I can contrast, you know, this this experience with future retreat experiences, and 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 maybe learn from that before I start thinking about putting it together, you know, in in terms of uh, a literary project. But just just to add, I mean, what what Paul was touching on. I mean, you know, there were people in there. You know, there were there were people having great time. But there were people crying, there were people puking. I mean, there was there was I think it's one woman. She was bawling her eyes out. I mean, like pure trauma. And I'm late there, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, this is so fucking beautiful. Not in any like, <laughs> like you know, like oh, you, you poor unfortunate soul. Not like that, but like the humanness of it. That a group of strangers can come together in a a big yurt, a big tent like that partake of that tea and go through so much deep stuff together it was beautiful absolutely beautiful and i think like like like, like you and paul have both said i think sam said that it's becoming more accepted it's becoming wider known i couldn't help thinking that man these tents they've got to be popping up all over the country all over the western world with with sincere staff and sincere facilitators i just see it as, mm. as such a a positive thing for Western culture. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there are like you know, ketamine's legal now, so this stuff's gonna be probably is it? Well, yeah. okay, so so there's a ketamine uh, ketamine nasal spray that they the FDA yeah. approved. Uh, I think it's pretty expensive though, too. Um, oh, I'm sure they're gonna make as much as they can off the wellness of people, you know. Yeah, and I know. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I I've heard of uh, people doing one one dose of ketamine like one large dose and being completely cured of depression too so i think it's probably one of the more um positive ones if you do have mental health issues you know that might be something you talk to your doctor about too if, if nothing else has worked for you so far um sam uh what what are your thoughts on you know the scene there like and in, in everything obviously you've been you know to south america and experienced that was this different in any way or is it just similar yeah or? course yeah it was obviously you can uh the communications there you know in, in peru it's a bit difficult you know what i mean you've got translators and all that so you, you're with your, the right people you know you can get the communication there and um which is a major part oh yeah 
Uh, but yeah, the, they were the coolest people I've ever met. The people who run it were just incredible. They knew exactly what they're doing. The songs took you through all the emotions on just another level. Uh, like I say, the, the like the sitar was just going through me. I was inside the music, and you know that's that's what we are. We are music, aren't we? So right. It make, yeah, so the, sit, the makes... sitar is a staple in these ceremonies. I've never heard anything about the sitar before. It, it, no, I mean they, they just did it. I mean, I yeah, I've never heard of anyone having a sitar before. No. Oh. Mm. What do you prefer? Like, let me ask you that. Like, what do you obviously? Um, you know, South America, they're you're doing eco roses and and chanting and these, you know, traditional songs. But do you prefer that, or do you prefer more, maybe some sort of music that you're into, whether it be rock well, and roll yeah. or whatever? They mixed it up a bit there. You know what I mean? It was um, in in the jungle. I think it was all sort of quite similar, but it, it was three different, completely different nights here. Mm-hmm. Uh. All had different. I mean, it's so the last one was so intense when everyone was going for it, and there was even people um, taking part. You know, singing and it was people dancing, and it was just unbelievable. You know, we were partying at the end of the day. That's what we were doing, right? You know, what would do you do? You think the effect of like like I guess my question is: so Maurice and I are into like jam bands, like Grateful Dead, Fish. Some of the music's pretty intricate and, and, and intense and it's improv too so there's a definite vibe from that you know completely making up something on the spot um but just the music alone do you think like something intense like classical music or something that's very um i don't want to say like you know not pop music basically like something that that's you know more musically inclined do you think that that would push you um, into a different headspace than something that's like just some beat or you know something like that. Does does that work like that or is that not how it works? The music like is carrying you, man. The music's carrying you through through the journey. It's it's right there. It's it's all part of it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you could put something on that put you in a bad place, but they know they know what they're doing with it. You know, they know what what music they need to be putting in that TP. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think uh, about that, Paul? Do you do you agree with that so like do you i know you're big into music and stuff too do you think um when you listen yeah, to he's something, got rap on man <laughs> do you think uh <laughs> when you're when you're listening to your favorite guys uh while you're under these you know this these different plants uh do you think that it has a different feel than something that's more traditional you know or or do you prefer one or the other I don't know. I, when I when I have mushrooms, mate, I put Icaros on YouTube. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> um, I don't know because the experience of having ayahuasca and you know mushrooms are similar. It's it, it feels like home. More, you know what I mean? I, I get you know the, the the shaman are taught the songs through the the entities they meet, the realms they go to. Like the, they say the plants teach them the songs. Well, the plants are the entities are behind the plants. You know? Right, there's intelligence behind it. Um, Behind everything, um, and what what I've been finding on YouTube is some like where well, they've been mixed a bit. Where you've got the Icaro, but nothing heavy, just a subtle extra drum beats being put in, and and you know, synthesized or whatnot. And it, and I, I'm finding that's that's really cool. But uh, you could listen to any music, mate. Um, to be honest, um, but like Sam said, you want it you want it putting in your positive mindset, yeah. So you have got to be careful what you you do pick. Don't get um. 
a tragic song on or anything. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I guess, my, you know, like, what if you put on, like, Fur Elise or some sort of Beethoven, you know, something like that. As yeah, opposed to it might be, um, yeah, I would imagine something like Beethoven. You, you might be really surprised with what it, it does for your experience. I mean, it would be interesting, that. But uh, well, like Sam said as well, uh, there was a shaman, a, a Polish shaman, singing Icaros at this, at this retreat. But then they play some more um, Spanish guitar music, you know, and... And then it, then they'd have uh, music in the speakers in between this, and that was playing like very calm, like meditative, meditative type music, you know, uh, or Tibetan, Tibetan, what they call now, bowls, bowls, Tibetan bowls. That's it, stuff like that, you know, um, just soothing you and keeping you moving and just keeping you on that plateau and that. But yeah, I, I would imagine any kind of music because music's music, isn't it? You know, you know it's um, it always helps. But you I think, uh, yeah, I was gonna say because for me, when I'm under or when I have been, let's say I'm at a fish concert or something like that, and you know, fish, yeah. I'm I'm under the uh, influence a little bit. Um, I get a better vibe there than let's say if oh, I yeah. was at, at like some. Rock, basic rock or metal like the, there's something about their music that plays into that realm because their music's already kind of a foot in that realm if that makes yeah, sense they, you know? well they're probably on they're in, under the influence <laughs> yeah the not anymore <laughs> but yeah early on they for sure absolutely yeah so you know it's it's, it's all there they know they know the right you know keys to and whatnot and the vibe you know how to tap into your vibes but uh yeah yeah, music without a doubt. It's like Sam said. You, you, when you played the sitar, you, you, were, you felt like you were, you were the music. And on the third night, I was just in such a flow with all the vibrations around me and the energy. I could feel all the energy around me. I could feel it. It was like I were in it. And uh, these waves of sound coming off hitting me. I was just one with them. And and they, they became. It was like uh, when you when water drips, a droplet drips into water, and it just becomes it. Yeah. Yeah. It was like that with the sound vibrations, and then you know, and I, a lot of healing went on the third night as well. And I think the music helped with that. You know, there was a lot more, seemed to be more music being played, more constant, and uh, you could just feel all the the energy being healed in the room. It was just, you know, I was like, wow, I was very aware of it. And I think the music music helped that a lot as well. But um, yeah. Yeah, if I, I, if I can uh, just 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 add to that, I mean, for me personally, yeah. Music was an absolute revelation. I, I mean, I, mm -hmm. you know, I was just not familiar with with really that genre of music. What what is it? I Icaros, shamanic Icaros. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they were playing some of that the traditional music, and I was like, oh my god! It's like the people who have crafted those vocals and that music, they just totally know that 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 tryptamine state, that highly defined, uh, uber playful, just they know it. It represents it so perfectly. It's an absolute revelation to me. It really was. Yeah, I mean, the you know, obviously, um, being a musician myself, and Maurice has a background with music too. Um, whether you smoke or maybe take something else or do something, um, what comes out of you is kind of a byproduct of that thing. In this, in a sense, that so if I'm you know you're changing your consciousness so Shifting whatever your vibration yeah and whatever you're tuning into is is kind of going to have an influence on what you're doing even if it's an original piece or whatever so um i think in that regard when they say the the plant teachers taught them the ikaros i think it, 
that's 100% right. So, because that's, you know, they were under the influence of it and that's the vibration that came to them to produce that music, whether it's chanting or the, the beats or whatever. Um, now, I got a question for you, Dick. So, as far as um, uh, you've, you've done this a decent amount of times, um, has there ever been a time where you thought, what the hell you know like even now like what i know i know you you have a profound respect for it and you still say you don't really understand what's going on but um have you thought that maybe this is some sort of like barrier to another dimension kind of some buffer zone that we can't really pass through we can see it we can maybe touch it feel it but it's not to to go beyond kind of a thing i think that i mean from an occult perspective i, I think there probably is a, a barrier a limit to to human consciousness beyond which unless you've sort of ticked all the boxes or opened all the seals of your chakras you, you're not going to get there and i think i think i think dmt seems to be like a bit of um like a leapfrog you kind of like leapfrogging a few chakras look i'm not going to pretend I've got all my chakras open far from it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, just a working class Western guy. And I think, you know, a, a lot of people say, oh, you know, I'm going to this, the spiritual realm. And I, I don't know, I think it's different for different individuals. But don't think, I don't think it's like, um, I don't know. I don't think it's a shortcut to to the true spiritual realms i think it's for me it's it's entities coming into this to this terrestrial realm and profoundly interacting with with the dmt recipients that's 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 my take on it but so that's, that's actually yeah. interesting you say that we had a um a guy on he uh, runs the trip whip channel his name's jack um and uh i'm sure you might have seen his video if you go on youtube a lot and watch dmt videos you've probably seen his but uh, it's a trip report, but he he was on our podcast and he was talking about we were talking about pareidolia, where pareidolia is this thing built into our brains where how we process patterns. So when you look up at the cloud and it looks like a dog, well, it's not really a dog, but it does look like a dog. That's just the way our brain works. So we were talking about the possibility that this DMT might be dismantling that pareidolia or that that mask or the veil lifting of the veil, whatever you want to call it where now you can truly see what is always there or um, open to it, I guess, is, is a better way of putting it. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, with pareidolia, I, I kind of like found that as um, a peripheral to the main DMT experience. I mean, for me, the, the, the DMT experience was through smoking. It was so intense. And then the secondary things as I'm sort of coming down from that experience would be pareidolia I, I get snippets of random voices in in my brain you know and, and some of them were familiar some were unfamiliar it was always or mostly always uninteresting snippets of speech there was one occasion where it, it was like some old lady was rambling in like a drunken state and I thought to myself I thought she sounds like she's drunk and as soon as I thought, sort of thought that, the voice said, she said, really indignantly, she said, I beg your pardon. And I was like, oh, my God, that is just, that is too crazy. You know, it's like there was somebody there that had read my thoughts and took offence that I said, thought that she sounded drunk. So, yeah, there's lots of strange peripheral things to, to the main DMT experience. And I'd, I'd say pareidolia is certainly, certainly one of those. But, uh, 
you know, it's a peripheral part of the main experience rather than the main experience. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, Sam, what are your thoughts on, on, you know, this realm being either open to allow energy in or possibly just exposes you to something that's always there? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think you're tuning in to, to, to the one universal consciousness here. You know what I mean? That, that's the, uh, just going back to what you were saying about the music thing as well. I mean, that, that, this is where create, creativity comes from, you know, in my opinion. You don't necessarily need these psychedelics to get there, but it certainly can open the doors for you, you know, right. and accelerate the process. Because since I've been into this spiritual stuff and the two ayahuasca sessions, I've started writing songs out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Never thought I could do it. Never had it in me. You know what I mean? Nice, nice. Since are I you started, a musician, or you're just writing lyrics, or what's? Yeah, the... I just, just copy. You know what I mean? Um, just writing tunes. I'm just getting better at it. You know what I mean? Just keep chipping away at it and. All this this spirituality and the Oscars certainly helped it along its way, you know. Nice. Oh, I bet. Yeah, it's, it's a nice know. door to open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what I mean. This this is where I think I don't, I don't. Our thoughts aren't us, you know. It's all coming from up there, you know what I mean. So if you can tune into that, it's mm-hmm. just a, it's a download. It isn't. You're not. You're not. You're not thinking the, these these creations. It's just a download. You're just receiving it. All the information. It feels like I'm receiving it. I'm not. I'm not finding it. It's it's coming to me. It's presenting itself to me. Right. And that's that's my, my sort of feel of it. Yeah, what's going on here? But do you think that um, wh- what were your? I didn't ask you, but what are your thoughts? Do you think that it's possible that? Um, and I, I like asking people this because it's just because when you go into a trip, usually there's some sort of baggage, you know, like maybe not every time it's bad or whatever, but there's some something you've been thinking about or there's been something on your mind. And these plant medicines will expose that or bring it up to you or make you face them or whatever it is. Um, do you think that when you um, have used it, do you think it had that effect where, like I, I was asking about like the subconscious and things coming to the forefront, um, you know, it, I'm not diminishing whether it's real or not either. I, I think that whether it's coming from within or coming from without or, you know, outside the, the external doesn't matter really because it's happening and it's real. But do you think that, um, that's the case, like going in, whatever you've been thinking about or whatever manifests itself? Yeah. I think you're sort of dead on there in a way. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was in a right, like a good place before I went there, you know, I was, cause I've been on this spiritual journey and I'd, I'd, you know, we've all got demons and I sort of conquered them before I went there and it was all apparent to me when I was in there that I did do all the work and it was empowering, you know what I mean? Because I've done the work without having to face anything because I didn't, it didn't come up. So it was like, well, that's, that must be all right then, you know what I mean? That must be all good. <laughs> so, and then that's where the empowerment sort of come from. And it's like, yeah, be proud of yourself. You did it without, without the ayahuasca, you know what I mean? Right, right. Um, so yeah, it was all just about love for me, you know what I mean? That's, it was all I could feel was love and, well, all, 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 all the higher frequencies, you know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't get, the only little delved into a bit of self doubt at one point, uh, which was a bit of an uncomfortable feeling, but I soon soon got myself out of that too. So it was all it was all positive for me. Gotcha. Sounds good. Um, what do you think about that, Paul? Do you think that going in whatever you've been experiencing lately manifests itself, or because it seems like you're kind of on this other trip too? This like you know. Um, like knowledge or in the enlightenment. The truth. Yeah. The truth, you know, um, do you, or, you know, does that ever come, come to you when you're in it or in what way? So what's the, what's the question? So the question is, is, 
do you think that like whatever you're thinking about or things that have been you know haunting you be going into it yeah. maybe not even consciously but subconsciously that those come to the forefront once you're in it or do you think that you're because you're so focused on this other level of thinking about truth and and the universe and everything that that kind of takes a back seat well i've for three and a half years i've had i've not been able to stop thinking like i've told you before about you know what's going on at the top right, top of right. the pyramid you know, I've had zero point focus on it for hours and hours and hours every day. And I'm thinking I'm, I'm, I'm going to send myself insane here. What I found out this time was no, no, it was, there's a very good reason I've been thinking about all that because I've been meant to. Um, and I was shown why all this has been going through my head and I've been experiencing it and why I feel so passionately about it and why I can't shut up about talking about it. <laughs> Do you remember the, um, the message I sent you about a month ago, Mike, about the Majid? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, them are the people I'm, I'm, them are the spirits I'm communicating with. Magi, Majid, Majid. The Jewish mystics call them the Majid. Yeah. And, uh, the, and the, the people that they communicate with, the Jewish mystics, they're also called Majid, the ones who can uh, receive the messages. And, and Majid translates as one who tells. Um, and that's why I can't stop get shaked off this feeling of wanting to shout about it and share it. You know what I mean? Because that's what I'm here to do. Um, and everything's changed now. I've, I'm, I'm realizing I've, they told me, like, stop trying to push it, stop being impatient. I'm, I'm impatient and uh, it, they're going right. to pave a way for me. And all I could see for three nights were solutions to all sorts of things. Um, you know, again, there's going to be a bit, there's a bit of waiting going on because, uh, you know, I can't dive in. I've, I've been getting a lot of synchronicities and messages about having patience and hanging back, you know. Um, wait for the right time um but uh yeah mate um a lot were revealed to me this time and it, it just brought me a lot more peace a lot of peace to be honest um and a new level of understanding and i understand now why i've had everything going through my head that i have uh and it's it's all okay everything's gonna be okay for everybody i promise you that um and again, it was more confirmation about who's who's really running. Yeah, there are people steering things on purpose in the world at the top, but we're all enabling it as well. Yeah, it was, that was more confirmation of all that. It's a two-way thing. Yeah, right. And the biggest thing that I got, not the biggest revelation, but a, a big thing I got that's important to share that it's not going to happen from the the bottom up, which I always thought it was going to come like that. Yeah, it's going to come from the top down. There's going to be a change at the top and then uh -huh. it's going to more organically, naturally filter down and things will change that way. Um, and there's nothing to worry about because, uh, like I said before, these people that are trying to keep us all against each other, you know, they're there. Nothing to worry about. There's a new order coming through. That's without a doubt. Um and another message I got was the these, you know, these twisted ones, the wrong way around ones, should we say, they can't wait to get out of here. <laughs> They're done. But then part of that is it's got to be us doing it as well, yeah? Right. You know what I mean? Well, um, yeah, like we, like we talked about before, like everything is one and... Yeah. You, need, you need this other whether it's darkness or evil or it's, you need the opposite because 
the universe yes. is in balance and they're just playing a role just like the positive Correct. or the good or whatever are playing the role. Yeah, that's it, man. Like, like you said before as well, um, true, true evil is just ignorance. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. and we, we are, you know, the masses are ignorant, but there are people here and it's the role to keep us ignorant for as long as they can. Yeah? yeah. As long as they can. That is their purpose. And when we understand that, you stop being angry and trying to kill it. You're just like, all right, but I'm just not playing your game anymore. Let's move on and focus on new things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's about it's about pulling people out of ignorance. We're not. We've got to pull the cells out of it. You know what I mean? But if you've got people here who are influencing people, keeping people asleep, yeah, you know, using magic tricks or whatever, then isn't it just that? People come along like a different type of people that are same, say by nature, but opposite in degree, that are going to come and say, "Hey, people, but look at this as well." Right. Because then they've got to free. Then they've got to. They're not being mugged off. Then they can make their own decision, and what whatever that decision is, is perfectly fine. We're all here to make our own. But as long as we're being influenced by a media, we're not making our own decisions ultimately, are we? So we need to bring it a bit more, a bit more of an even keel. Yeah, I don't watch the news. I think it's poison. That, but... Yeah, that's it. You know what I mean? But too many people do. This is it. So it needs people like us to chip up. And, uh, you know, like the magic are telling me, um, get it told. And that's what I'm going to do. Nice. I want to right do. Um... I want to do. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Though. Nothing's changed. It's just been it's been reinforced. And now I'm, I'm more focused than ever. You know what I mean? I've not stopped focusing on, you know, not changing it. Really much, such just but helping things, and I want to help things on a big level, and uh, I know why now. So let's just wait, stop being so impatient, and let let things come to me a bit more. You know what I mean? Sure, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, I got news, man. I got news, but it's not not quite the time to uh, share it yet. Okay, well, right. when you're ready, staying, yeah, we'll stay tuned. Um, <laughs> Dick, so. What are your thoughts on like when you go into these realms? Have you ever thought on like um like not as working on yourself or personal stuff? Like you know, like obviously Paul was just talking about the, these external factors and these truths. And have you ever thought about um, anything external? And if so, like have you have had any revelations about maybe how the world works or why we're here or stuff of that nature? So on on my second ayahuasca night, there was a, a lot of heavy cryptamine imagery, very highly defined. And uh, how can I say it's like in very simple cryptamine rendering? There's kind of so much knowledge about uh, the simplicity of life, and what what I mean is in terms of you know how how food waste how we eat how how the earth grows food how we eat food how we inject waste how bacteria break it down but rendered in in such beautiful almost divine tryptamine imagery it's like i dare i say like books and books of learning are just portrayed with such beautiful simplicity the mechanics of it all and you think oh man that is just you know it's like if I'd have had this stuff before, like, I don't know. I don't want to say having left school, but just before going to university, I, I, I think I could have made them. I, I could have done really, really well academically because there is so much you can learn. And I, I felt like I was just getting, like, one facet of, you know, a, a, a sort of 
an encyclopedia of of information that, that's available, downloadable from that realm, and they just do it pictorially, mm. deeply and profoundly, and it's like wow. But I mean, my, my personal changes came from like overcoming my fears against smoking DMT, and I didn't realize it at the time. But yeah, you know, each time I said I'm going to smoke this pipe and my ego screaming at me not to do so. And each time I, you know, I did smoke that pipe. I, I guess there was a, a subtle change occurring within me. And as I say, didn't appreciate it at, at the time, but I think it gave my, I think it gave my spiritual ego some exercise at the expense of my, you know, regular personality, my ego, which was, I don't know, I was like putting it in its place and saying, look, you know, we're smoking this, whether you like it or not. Right. Um, so when you say that you were scared, are you scared in the sense that it is so intense and so powerful that to go into that world shouldn't be taken lightly kind of a thing or, uh, more along the lines of, you know, what's there, uh, there's no need to keep doing it. Or like, what was the thought process behind that? It should never be taken lightly. And I think I took it lightly once and I, I had a, a, a very hairy experience, um, I think it's, see, there's the paradox. It's like, and I think I've, I may have said this before, it's like, you smoke DMT. I mean, by and large, nine times out of ten, the experience is phenomenal. I mean, you come out of that, you're like, oh, that was so damn good. It was amazing. So if something's so good, why would you not, like, go back again and again and again without any hesitation? But I think the truth is you're, your your mind, your consciousness, your subconscious recognizes that that experience was not it was not born from your mind. It was not your mind creating that experience. Something was powerfully interacting with you. Something was steering the experience. Something was showing yeah. you something that was not not really from your mind alone. And I think I think I think we recognize that. I think anybody taking DMT consciously or subconsciously feels that there's something else there and right. that's something very powerful and you know as 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 exciting and enjoyable as those as those experiences can be you never kind of like run back and like i'm gonna do that again because it's so cool it's quite the opposite it's like walking to your own funeral <laughs> you're gonna die every time aren't you mate yeah it's, you gotta surrender yeah. every time aren't you that's the fear yeah. Do you think the scary, like to me, the scariest thing is the fact that DMT is in so many things, you know, uh, plant life and mammals and it's, yeah, it's you and it's, me. It's coursing. Yeah, exactly. All through us, whether, you know, our lungs. and well, our that, that's, that's one of the things I took from the retreat. And, you know, it, it feels so right. I mean, that that whole experience, that tense, all those strangers the drink, the music, people laughing, crying, bawling, traumas, ecstasy. I'm writhing in ecstasy. It feels like this is for humanity. It's there. It's there for a reason. And it's good. It, it's, it's medicinal. It's, it's all good. Yeah, I mean, so when people talk about like DMT and like spirituality or religious experiment, you know, now they're trying to correlate it to you know stories and allegories from the bible do you think that this this realm you know whether they were extracting or somehow achieving this realm in ancient days um 
do you think that that's what they thought God was possibly like in terms of, a, you know, I mean, there still might be some higher creative source, but maybe if since DMTs in most things or whatever, what you're tapping into is actually God. And that's where like the Hindu idea of this one energy, this one God and, and, and even, you know, other religions for that matter um that they are experiencing this realm that you know and obviously i'm not you know nobody has the answers but do you think that that could be the basis for that i think i think the intelligences that are interacting with us i think they're they're from or at a divine or semi-divine realm so when they interact with us and interact with us really powerfully you do, I mean, you know, to, to open that divinity, even partially with a, with a human being, you, you're tempted to come out of the experience and think, oh, my God, I, you feel like you've kind of interacted with something godly, something divine, but whether it's the God, and it depends what we mean by the God, what, the creator of the earth, the creator of the oh, sun. Yeah, creator, source, creator. I just, you know. Galaxy or the universe. Uh, no, I think I think these are individual entities uh, of of divine capacity and power from a divine realm, and yeah, I think it's tempting to sort of come away and think, yeah, you know, I feel like I've I come away and say I, I I've just experienced God, whether it is that or not. I, well, I you got to think not... too the pers their perspective from, you know, two to three four thousand BC, mm. they weren't aware of space as we know it you know to the best of our knowledge they weren't you know we can ponder the universe a lot more and, and, and further reaches back then their idea of god was subjected to just this this planet and viewing the stars from you know this point of view so that's why i mean you know could have been the inspiration or the not that it's not divine and not that it's there's not some creator source but just that that was their experience of what God is, and that's why it was so prevalent in ancient times, maybe. You know what? Mike, I, I, I suspect can I just cut in, though, guys? I've, I've got to leave right now. Oh, okay. We'll get you guys back on, too, because there's more. Yeah, sure. Talk about. No, Luke's all cool. All Let's right. Then, guys. Thanks, Paul. Soccer practice run. All right. Bye. Bye. Dad Bye. of the Bye. year. Dad of the year, folks. <laughs> Soccer mom. Soccer mom. <laughs> all right, man. Um, yeah, should I continue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. We're we're still. We're... Well, I, I suspect there's a great deal of difference. Say, the philosophies between Amazonian tribes people in terms of their interpretation of DMT and DMT realms versus, say, the astronomer priests of Egypt and you know great civilizations like that, like the Mayans. And I suspect the philosophies between you know these different places different cultures at different times i i suspect they differ wild widely you know i, th I think whatever happened in egypt with, all, with the magic the the, the 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 temples the monuments the buildings i don't know something profound went down there and i suspect that that place those astronomer priests of that era those that that culture i suspect that they knew far 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 more than, than we you know presently recognize Absolutely. it's a good thought for sure um sam what are your thoughts on, on that whole do you think that that's possibly the inspiration between all the you know whether it's abrahamic religions or because even if you look at some of these um you know 
Middle Eastern mosques and stuff like that. Have you ever seen the 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 detail and the color on some of some of them? You can walk into and it looks like you're somebody drew a DMT picture. You know, is what the inside uh, some of these mosques look like. Uh, well, I don't know too much about that to be honest. But, I, but one thing I, I'm pretty sure of, they're all talking about the same thing. You know what I mean? It's sure. It's, yeah. It, there's not a doubt in my mind that they're not all talking about the same thing. You know what I mean? Because the, the sense of it all of us of all being one. Just it's just so mind blowing, you know that it, that it is just one one consciousness going on here, and they're all talking about it. You know what I mean? It's just in their own in their own ways. They're all gods within us all. You know what I mean? That's why the side of our heads are called temples. You know, it's it's there in plain sight. You know, the, this is how we access the source through our own minds. You know, it's not to be uh, we're not supposed to be led by a, a separate entity. You know, right? Yeah, I mean, I think too. You know, if you're looking at it from more of a you know, scientific perspective, um, the idea of one isn't that weird because whether you believe in the Big Bang or the multiverse or some some initial first cause, um, let's just say the Big Bang, you know, you every all the particles and molecules and everything on the quantum level, we're all made up of the same stuff that created the universe. You know, we are made yeah, of yeah. stardust. We're we're literally a piece of the universe, you know. Um so we are technically all one because we all come from the same thing. Exactly. Um, up now, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's science. It's all coming together. It's merging together and creating a big picture for us. You know. So it's, it's again, it's ignorance. Ignorance is the only way that that can that's going to stop this from the truth being told. You know. Right. Right. Yeah. And then we have mediums like YouTube and stuff that we can get this information out to people. Yeah. Too, so. Cool, man. It's all the collective conscious. I mean, the internet's all part of it. You know, it's all it's a massive brain. At the end of the day, we're all we're all picking up the information. And uh, working out for ourselves, and it's all going to come to one truth eventually. I'm sure of it. Yeah, I mean, the internet's pretty much a modern day Akashic record, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, is there anything else you guys wanted to get to? I'll, we can do a part two of this because I know we got cut off uh, with Paul. We can do, uh, you know, another thing where because there was some more questions I wanted to get to, even though we covered a decent amount. Um, is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about though before we? Uh, I think I'd, I'd just like to say that if anybody is thinking about trying ayahuasca, but for whatever reason they're being overly cautious or thinking I don't want to do it because of this and I don't want to do it because of that, but if you think it's calling you, if you think it's something that you ought to explore and try it, I say go for it, do it. Because I, I was in that position, I was like, man, I, d I don't want to be purging. I can smoke I can smoke DMT in the back garden in the house. There's no purging, it's all good. No, I, I'm so glad I did it, and I, I'd recommend it to anybody who feels like it's calling them. Do we want to put an age limit out there, or is Ooh. there like an age that you think is you know an acceptable? I mean, that's a that's a tough. Well, here's we'll say this: anybody that has predisposition to any sort of schizophrenia or uh, bipolar or anything like that, you should definitely not use these psychedelic substances because it's been proven it's been proven to push you even further into psychosis. So just put that yeah. out there well we yeah. got an interview before we went there as well so you know they were very cautious of who they were bringing with them then they've turned people back before and stuff as well which is important to know you know they know if you're ready to do this stuff or not as well so that's important to know right i've got two young boys and they they knew what i was up to they knew where i was going and what i'd be doing but there's no way i let them go they're far too right good. yeah <laughs> yeah so that's well, what I, I was asking is there like you did you have an age in mind where 21 well, 30 well here's you know? the thing is like we know the 
the frontal cortex isn't even fully developed till you're 25. So if they're saying that you probably shouldn't even smoke pot till you're 25, I'm going to go ahead and say that you probably shouldn't be doing most psychedelic. I mean, whatever kids are going to do. I mean, I did shit when I was in high school, you know, so kids are going to do what they're going to do. But the thing I would say is maybe now knowing what we know about science, so you're not pushing yourself into a psychosis and you're not, you know, pushing yourself down a road you can't get out of later in life, which some people do, um, maybe treat it as one of these things where, um, you know, wait till you're a little bit older or fully developed or maybe actually need some sort of intervention, you know, that would be my opinion, but. Well, I've read as well stuff about, you know, these, these tribes, they're bring they're giving it to their, their infants, you know, in little small doses. Right. The way of their it life, is. you know what I mean? They're, they're growing, up, growing up to this stuff and it tunes them in from a very early age, so. It's all that comes down to the culture, really, I guess, too, isn't it? Right, but, right, yeah. But, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but here, here's the thing about that. I will, I, I agree with you, and I understand your that perspective. The thing is, is though... No, no, I... I, I <laughs> Let me no, get this I, straight. I'm not doing this. No, no, no. I, 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 but what I'm saying is, like, for if you were to take then one of those people and drop them off in the middle of New York City, it's a completely different animal, you know? Okay. So, like, so it depends on, like you said, set and setting, where you're at, your culture... If those tribes want to do that, I think more power to them. They've been living harmoniously and successfully for a long time. So yeah. you should do what works, you know. But I think from a perspective of modern day Western culture, I think you have to be very careful because there's a set of, um, you know, unfortunately, we have this like uh, guidelines. You, you must go to work. You must do this. You have to make money. You have to provide, you know. So, so there's all these hosts of anxieties and issues that maybe some people in other parts of the world don't have the same you know pressure if, if you will well, a lot of the, 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 the transition back into normal life they say is the hardest part as well you know because you've, you've experienced your natural state in, in such a way and you've got to go back into the machine i mean when i finished there i was on the tube man and it was just it was chaos it was, the noise was just it was a bit you know it was all right but it was just i was you know, after being in such an organic sort of environment, I guess, uh, right. and you back into that machine, it's like, well, what is going on here? You know what I mean? No one's talking to each other on the tube, and it's just it takes a few days for it to uh, to sort of settle back into it, I guess. And I think if you're somebody that's going on a retreat and then comes back to society, that's a little bit different. But if you're somebody that's um, used to a certain culture or maybe takes it at a little bit of an early age, I think it is a different fact oh, yeah. than it's somebody that's more mature that understands the circumstances yeah um i mean i've been three different people since i've been 18 years old you know so i think we all change and evolve and stuff too so that's part of it as well um but yeah i mean i, I appreciate both of you guys and uh paul coming on like i said we can try and you know set up a part two and, and there was some other things i wanted to get to but we can uh shelf that and uh but yeah i appreciate you guys coming on uh everybody check out uh dick's book uh dmt in my occult mind um and he's on uh instagram and twitter uh sam you're on uh instagram what's your your handle sorry yeah i'm the walrus cuckoo on um i'll i'll, I'll um i'll Put a little comment you post this on uh instagram anyway, will you? i guess yeah 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 we'll, yeah we'll put yeah. you on there um oh, on there then so everyone knows where i'm at and then uh so uh dick you've, you're working on your second book do you have any idea when it might be coming out or oh if i can get that published this year i'll be very happy i mean it's as good as there it's just i i've had a 
promotion at work, family, my boys are becoming more and more demanding and obviously that they're they're a priority for me, you know. I, I want to be a good good father. I want, I want to create some good memories. So if I can get it published this year, I'll be very, very happy indeed. And then my incentive is when it's published, I just want to resume research. I'm I'm not smoking as regularly as I was a couple of years ago. So I just want to return to sort of be able to say, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna further my research. I'm really gonna get stuck into it. If I can do that, I'll be all smiles. Sure, sure. Well, it sounds good. I mean, you know, I think there's different ways to look at it. You know, like like I said, my route's always been I, I find this topic super fascinating and I think it plays into other uh occult and esoteric stuff and ancient knowledge type stuff. So I, that's how I became fascinated with and obviously having a background with a bunch of most of the other psychedelics. I I have a um you know, an affinity for, you know, altered states and consciousness and stuff like that. But uh, I think that when you look at this subject, it is one of the more important ones today, like that I can think of. I mean, there's probably a few real mysteries left in life. You know, where do we come from? Why are we here? You know, and I would put this right in the mix with, you know, what it does to the effects of how it affects people and what they get out of it and these you know, entities. I think that's the most important thing. Um, you know, whether they are subconscious or external or whatever they are, um, it, it, again, it's one of the more fascinating topics. And I think that's why you see a lot of people talking about it now, because it is one of those things where, you know, everybody's got a different take on it. So, um, but yeah, thanks you guys for coming on and, uh, we'll, tr we'll try, we'll try and get you set up another, uh, time to have all three of you on and have a little, you know, a little bit more relaxed next time. That'll be good, man. Thank you. All right, guys. Yeah, we'll, thanks uh, again. Yeah, thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Boris. Thank you, Sam. Thanks Peace. very much. Stay there. Stay there, boys. Have Peace. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>